Gina Desiree Berg, and welcome to the 34th. Fuck your Bible! Fuck your Bible! We're here to preach to them. Jesus only wants your money! Jesus would say. Crazy, you haven't read the Bible, dude. Like, are you kidding me right now? Wow, the hate coming out of your mouth is unbearable. Yes, we're here to preach. Have you not even seen it? The cops are here, actually. Your day is coming when you die, wicked whores and devils. Your day is coming. Wicked pro-abortion. Biden is going to burn in hell. That Kamala Horace is going to burn in hell. Wicked pro-abortion devils are going to burn in hell. God is giving you a chance to believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus, America. You turn your back on Jesus, America. God is going to kill you. God is going to kill you, America. Wicked devils. You got it coming. Oh, you're so tough. You're so tough. God could smite you in a second right now. God could squish you. This is so religious, this speech. Oh, I know I'm going to die. I know I'm going to die. But I know where I'm going when I die. 60 million babies murdered by abortion. 60 million babies murdered by abortion. Today in studio, I have with me a very special guest. You know her as Water Spider Online, and I invited her on the podcast this week to discuss what has been happening at the Wee Spa in Koreatown. Now, some of you have seen the viral videos that have been going around. Uh, she had a particular uh, situation that we both recorded, but she had hers up on Twitter, and I think it has over 4 million views now. It's like 6 some million. 6 or 7 million now, in which you saw the LAPD shoot a uh, less lethal at a uh, pro-trans activist that hit her hand. She went to the floor. Um, so that is just one of many instances that we have been witnessing over these protests the last couple of weeks. But before we get to that... Let's go back in time a little bit and discuss what brought us to that day. So initially there was a video of uh, a patron that had gone into the Wee Spa. 
she had come out, turned her phone on, and started yelling at the staff, complaining about a man showing his penis. In- with men that just say they are a woman and they can go down there with their penis and get into the women's section? Is that what you're saying? What, what, really? What law? What law? So women can go into the men's with their breasts? Okay. Yeah, you shouldn't. Y'all wouldn't come back either. Yeah, get your money back. You got a man with his penis talking about he's a woman. He ain't no woman. Uh-uh. Yeah, give her her money back. There's no such thing as transgender. He has a Okay? He has a penis. He has penis is hanging out. Okay, no. So she's making these accusations. You see the staff members basically um, saying, yes, we have transgender clients. What are you saying? You're all, pe-. and she you know, comes back, of course, with you're a pedophile. This is blah, blah, blah. She's doing her thing. So it turns out now that there's been some LAPD investigation into this and also some other folks that do uh, looking into uh, disinformation campaigns. And it, it appears that this might not even be an authentic story. I know I personally uh, emailed with, two trans individuals that had been accused publicly of being the person that was um, was that person in the spa that day, and both of them told me that they were not present in the spa. Mm-hmm. So nothing seems to be adding up here. And We Spa says that they are familiar with their trans clientele, um, and they went through the books that day, and there was nobody that they knew of that was trans um, there that day. Right. So it seemed to be pretty... Seems very fishy, and mm-hmm. I also think uh, I also think part of the conversation is that we do have uh, laws in the state of California that protect that are protecting trans rights, you know, bathroom laws, etc. And I do think that the religious right in the state and the uh, right wing conservative extremists in the state want to get rid of those laws. So it wouldn't be I don't think it would be far flung conspiracy to imagine that they uh, viewed this as a way to make that happen, to you know, spark outrage, get a broader group of folks being concerned about the situation, and if there are children present, if this guy is flashing his penis, that's very dangerous. So it could be a very um, effective tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially considering QAnon fanatics sort of fell in the Los Angeles area over the last month or so. And, um, I mean, they had done some anti-mask protests around schools and various locations, but um, this was, this sparked a lot of attention for the um, QAnon and pedophile crew here in Los Angeles, which there's a good, like, the core group is... Um, and the person that filmed it is not someone I'm familiar with, and I don't no, think Kibana anyone knows. No, Angel, yeah. I think, is her Instagram. It's not someone mm-hmm. I had seen before. I, had, I did go to her Instagram, and she did have a lot of um, religious posts on there, Yeah, I noticed. But it immediately went, um, it immediately was posted on the Beverly Hills group page, and... Which is the um, Freedom Rally page. The Freedom Rally Trump, page. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's about, how many people? group members you think and I that, would say 125 about something like that yeah. mm-hmm. so that's definitely the same group of folks we're talking about now mm-hmm. so the QAnon I, I almost um, I almost want to think of these folks as being Trump cultists so because they they did support Donald Trump for president I don't think it's only about Donald Trump they sort of seem to uh, form a family together and they travel around and they do instigations all up and down the state they're they're like a pack uh, you mentioned the anti-masker thing, which is something they've also been involved with. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we see this throughout the nation, but there's certainly a crew here in the Los Angeles area that has sparked a lot of attention over the last year and a half now. Um, so after it went on to the, uh, after it went on the Telegram channels, it was posted um, on Twitter, I think is where it was picked up. And then um, the counter-protest was um, put out not too, only a few days prior to the first Saturday, which was July 3rd. And then um, we had, uh, uh, how many counter-protesters ended up coming out that day? On that first day on July 3rd, I would say about... 150? Definitely, yeah, definitely upwards of 100. Yeah, Mm -hmm. upwards of 100. Also, we should mention that Tucker Carlson had picked up this. Oh, yes. Yes, that was a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) That was a big deal. Yeah, it went really viral. And it went really viral using um, a Los Angeles journalist, Precious. Um, as the person that was at the spa that day, right? And she was absolutely and not there. She was not She's a trans there. Journalist that um, yeah. we both uh, had interactions with, a very kind uh, individual. Yeah, they were not there that day. Mm-mm. So uh, again, and she received a lot of death. She threats. received a lot of death mm-hmm. because of it. So uh, another problematic aspect of this is that false accusations often lead to like, people trying to figure mm-hmm. out who this person is, and then all kinds of innocents get dragged into that. Um, and these, let's be honest, we've seen a lot of violence from this group, so it's a very real threat to have them after you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the first protest, speaking of violence. Uh, we saw a lot of violence that day. Um, my my shock was that even the, even the f- handful of uh, mainstream media outlets that decided to report on this, none of them seemed to want to mention the fact that somebody was stabbed. No. Uh, none of them wanted to mention a press, identified press member was hit on the back of the head with what appears to be a uh, wooden lead pipe. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another guy that had a bat. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who... swinging bat at multiple journalists and protesters. Right. Yeah. The guy that self-identified as a, a roof Korean, which we should talk mm-hmm. about in a second, he, was, he hit somebody with a metal uh, water bottle. And then we had, and there the guy. was dents all over the bottle afterwards. Yeah, no, he mm-hmm. hit, he hit that uh, girl pretty hard. Uh, then we also had the guy that had these um, the rosary beads. The ro- yeah, I, I'm trying <laughs> that to looks like chains. <laughs> you can't describe them as just rosary beads because the beads were really probably, large. I mean, at least uh, an inch, inch and a half diameter, yeah, a half, right? Yeah, they were big. He had to have had this thing crafted, I would imagine. It was like a it was like a rosary, but giant beads. And in fact, somebody on my Twitter, when they saw the video, mentioned that they looked like rosary anal beads, which sort of made me yeah. Chuckle. Maybe that'll help you <laughs> visualize <laughs> them. <laughs> um, and he also knew how to swing with them. He so. knew how to swing with them, and he was screaming, "You're all an abomination! You're mm-hmm. animals! You're going to burn in hell!" So a lot of this was very much religious bigotry. It was religiously motivated. Um, so then there was the Jesus group. Do we the know this group? Yeah. yeah, I don't know their names, but there I haven't seen them before. But that was a, about eight people. About maybe? eight people, right? Um, and half of them were pretty violent. They were pretty violent mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I, and they saw themselves, of course, as being righteous. And I remember asking. The they also one, said Jesus saved him that day, even though they did. They say that after the fact. That's funny. At, the one did after he had um, picked a fight, and then oh, he put he pushed a woman. He pushed a woman. I yeah, saw that. Yeah, and then he got. Um, there was a bit of a scuffle, and he was yeah, he got, bleeding he on got his a face. Bit of a beat down yeah, for hitting the woman. That, and then he think. said, I, "I think I asked him actually, uh, did Jesus is, was Jesus with you today?" And he said that yes, Jesus saved me. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, I had filmed him, and he was saying that there were no contradictions in the Bible, um, some crazy stuff. So these these were that. So this is just another aspect of how. Um, and there were a lot of proud boys out that day. There were a lot of proud mm-hmm. boys out that day. I think it was even considered a proud boy rally rally by some because of the. There were there was more a lot the of them. second day. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and we'll talk about that in a second. I was. I was a little bit taken aback about how the the centerpiece for this entire day became the Karen who got chased out by the pro-trans activists. And, you know, for me, when I saw that, I was like, you guys are missing the, the context of what happened here. You had some violent instigators that physically were harming people. This was mm-hmm. not just words. They were physically harming people. And you had a group of trans rights um, and trans individuals standing in front of the spa trying to have their protest with their signs. And it seemed perfectly reasonable at that point to, to chase any of these guys away from the trans folks, which is what was happening. Mm-hmm. Now, you could argue that that was a little bit of a mob mentality, sure, but is that really the story of what happened that day? I don't think it was. I mean, especially since uh, We Spa even closed down that day and were down. open to having the counter-protesters That's right. there. That's right. I um, spoke with the security so, that day. Mm-hmm. And also on the second protest, they had um, security there. They shut down the spa. And they were they were very much cognizant. The security had, had security. I was very much cognizant of the fact that the BLM pro-trans Antifa protesters were never going to harm their spa that they were on their side. So they, they had that awareness. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it seemed to me that... Their concern was the fact that this had gone viral, that they knew that a lot of these folks were queuing on. And maybe also, you know, let's be honest, there's an aspect of this that has to do with the Asian hate that mm-hmm. has become a thing recently. Yeah. You know, this is an Asian spot. It's a mm-hmm. traditional bathhouse. Korean and a lot spa, of, yeah. Korean mm-hmm. spa. A lot of these cultures, uh, transgender isn't that crazy to them. They have third pronouns already, right? Mm-hmm. So this is something that it's not as upsetting to them as it would be to a religious right individual in the United States of America. So I do think there is a component of this that's also driven by Asian hatred. I don't know if you believe that, but it seems to me that's the case. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, considering what happened just a few months back, right? Asian spas, an Asian spa being targeted is not, um, doesn't seem like that's not a part of the story at all. It certainly is. Mm -hmm. It certainly is. So that first day we saw there was all these different Malays that were happening. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the activist that was stabbed in the leg. Um, I didn't realize he was stabbed in the leg while we were standing there filming that because there was Mm -hmm. so much commotion and it just looked like a giant Malay, a brawl happening. And it wasn't until 20 minutes later that I um, heard from one of the organizers that he had been stabbed in the leg multiple times. Mm -hmm. Um, it was totally missed in mainstream media. Totally missed mm-hmm. it. And, and to me, it's it should have been the lead in the headline all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I also spoke with him. He was there at the second protest uh, on crutches. And he told me, this, this, blows my, this blows my mind. He told me that the sheriff's department showed up at the hospital yeah. while he was receiving care and accused him of inciting a riot. Yes. Yes, interrogated him and accused him of inciting a riot. Mm-hmm. I, I have no words for this. How mm-hmm. does the LA Sheriff's Department justify that? The guy. I think is they do victim. that a lot. They find out where people go after a protest, and um, meanwhile, the mm-hmm. guy that did the stabbing. I mean, I'm wondering. Nobody, if nobody he's even being knows who he is. Yeah. Nobody knows who he is. Um, he did post some body cam footage on um, a couple of the social medias. And, oh. 
So I have a copy of that. So you see him back at MacArthur Park. Uh, for those that are outside of Los Angeles, MacArthur Park is a very large park, very close to Wee Spa mm-hmm. in the middle of downtown Los Angeles. So he's back there, and he is giving medical attention to the his comrade that he accidentally oh, stabbed. Oh, yeah. So he also <laughs> stabbed one of his comrades that was trying to pull him away from the fight and he just takes out his knife there's a video of it you can see and you he just stabs her oh, yeah. arm yeah. He, he, yeah, uh, definitely her arm, and you, he mm-hmm. just turns around and does it so so she's also a second victim i, I would say but mm-hmm. of course she's not going to press charges against her friend no they had a picture of her afterwards but did not say it was and in fact i was very irritated because thomas morales who now works at fox news who is just a right-wing media personality he had uh he had sort of insinuated that it was Antifa that had done this, mm-hmm. which is a false, which is a falsehood. It, it was clearly friendly fire yeah. done by the guy who also stabbed the pro-trans And there's uh, clear video of there's it. There's clear video mm-hmm. evidence of this. This is not up for debate. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can tell by his body cam footage that they're friends and, you know, yeah. they're discussing it. Um, I want to also talk about uh, Rocky Romano, who was the press member that was hit in the back of the, pet, uh, the, back of the head with a lead pipe. Um, I think you were able to film a more close-up version of that from adjacent, where I was standing up above on the marble um, wall that's right there in front of the bank. Um, but I saw him coming in from the, from my right. I saw mm-hmm. him coming in, and he reached his hand behind him, and he pulled out what looked like a lead pipe from his backpack. And I knew instantly that he was going to hit somebody with this. And within you know ten seconds of that, he did. He walked up and just hit him as hard as he could. And I remember thinking that he looked like Aaron Simmons. Yeah. It turned out that it actually was Aaron Simmons. Now, yeah. What they, was your experience in that? Um, well, it happened really fast. So I just saw somebody come up out of nowhere. And then I didn't see him walk up just because Rocky was, near, uh, you know, close to me. And he just got hit in the back of the head really hard. He, yeah. Thank God he had a helmet on. Um, and he kind of shouted. And then I turned and these... Um, these guys ran away it was two of them that came out right. with the um wooden baton or wooden lead pipe i guess it was wood it wasn't and a wooden lead baton, but there was lead inside there was yeah lead inside and wood around um, the outside yeah so then i followed them um down to there they had a um truck parked around the corner so That's i followed right. them um with rocky actually and somebody else and they hopped in the car quick and then drove off and um so I, you know, just filmed them leaving. And then they stupidly posted, posted a video <laughs> of them, all of them getting out of the car together and all of them leaving in the car. So it was like, okay, now we know everyone we know that was there. And, and, and then they also posted <laughs> video footage from inside the car. Inside the car. So and anyone hear, else that was trying to hide themselves is right. just, yeah. You hear one of the females in the car say, keep your heads down, the police are filming. And then you hear the guy, you hear Aaron Simmons say, it felt so good to crack him on the back of the head. I was laughing when I saw this because here they are worried that the police are filming them, yet they're going to post their own body cam footage mm-hmm. on social media? I think How dumb do you have to be? I don't even be? know if it was body cam footage. I think it was the phone. I think they were filming oh, really? it. I they thought were, maybe it was body cam. I think it was Wait, both because they had a phone up filming me from inside the vehicle, me chasing them. So... Um, not chasing them. I was just like walk, you know, sort of running after, just trying to get the last bit. I could have them, but um, right. yeah. So I think there was a couple people that had that were filming inside there. Uh oh.
Oh my god, really? Get off, Jeff. Fucking faggot! What's up, you fucking faggot? Lock the door. Lock the doors. Heads down. Lock the door. Go, go, Oh my Jesus. Hey, that felt so good cracking him in the head, though. They're harassing the street people. Mario's coming. Mario's coming. Oh, he is? Good. All of them are pulling up right now. I want to know is how is it that the uh, LAPD has not arrested this guy? This is a this is a packaged crime. You have the video of him doing it, clearly, and you have the body cam where he's admitted to doing it. And, and the runaway car. <laughs> and the runaway car. Like, there's no part of this that isn't gift-wrapped. And he has a history of violence. He has a history of violence. You and I have both seen mm -hmm. him uh, at Beverly Hills, downtown L.A., which is why I recognized him, even though he had a wrap on and was trying to disguise himself. I, yeah. I instantly knew it was Aaron Simmons. And he fought that day, too. He, he came back out and got into multiple multiple scuffles, um, and his bandana came off, and it was quite obvious, and we knew it was him. But Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. So, so the guy with the bat, there was another guy wearing a Trump shirt that was carrying a baseball right, bat. Right, Brian Tyree. What's his story? I don't know his background. Um, he's cut MAGA man is his name on Instagram. So I think he's um, not necessarily like a influence or anything, but he he has like a does lives and talks politics and. Okay. Um, I don't know really what you'd call him, but he. Um, that I don't remember seeing him at protests before, although other people have. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was I, I was familiar with either. his name, Magaman. Yeah. yeah. And he um, had his shirt off and was literally swinging a bat around. He came at me once um, and asked me. Um, the funny part was, is he asked me why am I not filming um, BLM and Antifa? But he's telling me this while he's literally raising a bat to my head yeah. <laughs> like, um yeah so that that was that was kind of comical but I don't I don't really have any other information have you seen him before I have not seen him mm -hmm. before but I was kind of flabbergasted that I was standing at the skirmish line and he did walk up to the police carrying the bat he oh yeah the, bat the police did not care at all and I clearly using this as a weapon I'm like mm -hmm. is he is he hitting home runs or strikes in the middle of Wilshire Boulevard no this is clearly a weapon LAPD and I said to the cop, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? He's using this as a weapon. Isn't that on your list of prohibited items at protests? And the cop looks it's at me. It's selective. Yeah, it's selective <laughs> how they, how they uh, enforce that. And he looks at the guy and says to him, you said his name is Brian Tyree? Mm -hmm. Okay, he looks at Brian Tyree and says to him, can you get rid of the bat and come back? And he did. I don't know if he got he rid of he it, but He walked away point. from the bat, handed okay. it to another activist. Yeah, he, he handed it to came back. Nicoletta Von Chell, the, um, another woman that was... I don't know who that is. She was right next to Maga Man and Aaron Simmons, and then she came out with the bat. Not like... not. She wasn't swinging it or anything. She wasn't sure what to do with it, it seemed like. <laughs> Was um, she the one that seemed a little bit fish out of water with this group? Like, yeah, yeah. Why she's, she was there? She's, okay. I think, a makeup artist. I haven't seen her before. Right. And so, 
Mm-hmm. Lucas had been saying a bunch of stuff, and I kind of... Yes, So yes. I, I didn't, you know, I might have done a... I might have crossed the line, or I might not have. I just felt compelled to do it in the moment. But I, I kind of turned my camera off for a second, and I walked up to her because she was calling other people racist, and I'm like, yo, just so you know, the guy standing next to you, Lucas, I have him on video saying the N-word multiple times, just letting you know. And then I stepped back. Turn yeah. the camera back on. That started something. <laughs> that started something. <laughs> because she's like, looked at, she's like, is that true? And he tries to start to deny it. And then another um, person, uh, I think it was Gabriel, actually. I says, think it was Gabe, yeah. It is true. I also have him on camera saying the N word. He uses the N word all the time. So now she's upset mm-hmm. for the obvious reasons. Like, like who is this guy, right? He's, I'm like, he's a racist. Not up for debate. So yeah. that was kind of Lucas a, and Angie have used that. Lucas word. and Angie, yeah. <laughs> um, and they had been also, they intentionally posted a video of them inside Costco jumping up and down on, I can't remember, now, pillows or something, and saying the N word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they to go got. Viral or something. And that, they, like, their team did not appreciate that. Like, even everyone, I mean, it seems like a lot of them were even against them at that point, but. For obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, I mean, here, this, this group is trying to. Um, they really are trying to paint themselves as being inclusive. So this is not helpful when you have members of your group, you know, being uh, incredibly racist in public and then posting the videos as if it's not a big deal and that they think they're going to go viral from it. Because it almost seems to me like Lucas did that because he wanted to be viral. I mean, oh, yeah. People, I think everything they do yeah, is These for, are not people I want to give too much energy to because yeah. I don't think they They're are, very hungry for fame. They're and, hungry for fame, and I think that's what this is about and it's mm-hmm. really just pathetic and let's leave it at that they're not I mean their lives are incredibly uninteresting like yeah. not only are they horrible and like every one of their political takes obviously but they're just really really bad so right. <laughs> they probably should find something else to, to do. do exactly <laughs> so I um, what so who were some of the other um, individuals that were there that first day that you recognized as being instigators um let's see well, we don't know who the stabby guy was. We don't know who we're calling him stabby guy. For yeah, that. He sorry, was very, that's his name. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we don't know because he was very well um, disguised. He that was day. well disguised. Hard to say who he is. Um, um, let's see. I don't know. I mean, it was the it was the crew you see around, but those were the big kind of moments. scuffles that I. I mean, there was a lot of mini scuffles that happened too. But, you know, I didn't catch everything or know who no. did what well, in those look, situations. Honestly, but those were definitely the stabbing, major ones. I think that's the point. Yeah. Was there a, yeah. you know, And the Washington Post, you know, printed a piece on this, and they didn't mention the stabbing at all, that it even occurred. I don't think anybody did. And it should have been did. Slate did. Oh, Actually, Slate did, yeah. I have to give right. my hand off some Slate, Slate so did. props to Slate. Mm-hmm. They, they not only mentioned it, but they did make it the headline. But honestly, they're the only uh, folks that did. And I was really disturbed by uh, Glenn Greenwald's takes on this. He had retweeted the Karen being chased out and was going on and on about this, not mentioning any of the context with which that occurred. And uh, I was very disappointed to see that because at the very least I'm used to, or at least I believe Glenn would be, was a solid journalist that would want to look at facts and context surrounding something. But I think he lost that title a I, while ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to have to believe that that's true after this because he was doubling down on it. And it wasn't only that he was doing this, he was calling other journalists names, like personal attacks. Mm-hmm. He personally just, attacked a few people. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Immediately after. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the second... Uh, 
more crazy and maybe not more crazy um, I would say more chaotic I think the first one was was still more violent because it was of just, the stabbing but yeah this this second one now we have police actually out there trying to get involved whereas before they were hands off yeah it was a different conflict the first one was the protesters versus the counter protesters mostly because we were able to go face to face um but the second one that didn't the cops actually did a good job keeping the teams separate <laughs> which was you know honestly i Probably i think helpful. that was the right that was the right thing yeah. to do i didn't have a problem with that there are many things that the lapd lapd does lapd does that i have a problem with i thought this was the right decision because the violence that had happened the week before if that had escalated somebody could have been killed mm-hmm. we also i uh, forgot to mention there was somebody that had a, a gun of some sort not sure if it was a taser gun or a handgun oh yes that was so you know, i don't know who that one was it was the guy in the american bandana and it, yeah needless mm-hmm. to say there were people armed dangerous with yeah. weapons and i believe if they had been given the opportunity the second time around to be more violent with these things uh they would have been they would have been also so, they had more people second and time they had around more people. they had and I mean, they all came together they, they all met up before July 3rd they came separate and like various different times and small groups and medium groups and then at the end came together but right so it was more pre-planned the second time yeah so they all met at MacArthur Park and they marched over to Wiespa from MacArthur Park and were met by the police by the police yeah they were at MacArthur Park for quite a while I think because they were supposed to meet there at nine o'clock and we didn't see them walk up till I want to say like 10 30 11 10 30 11 it was it was a little bit later yeah uh and you know when that happened let's okay so let's talk about that moment because that's when the police violence against the pro-trans group uh, really picked up (laughs) yeah for reasons I don't understand honestly so um you and I both took some video of I I don't understand why they did this but they shot a less lethal round at a protester it wasn't until I got home and looked at my HD camera footage that I realized that they had, you could see the bullet hitting her hand, mm-hmm. and she pulls her hand back towards her uh, towards her body, and then she fell down. And you can also hear them talking with each other. One of them says, the one in the ponytail, uh, the one in all black. So it, it's obvious that they're trying to target somebody. They were I don't targeting know people, yeah. I heard that constantly. Um, you know, this person in that helmet, that you know, and... I mean, really, anything that was that the counter protesters did was maybe throw a few water bottles. I don't think anything the Trump, else happened. QAnon, anti-trans folks—they had weapons. We're also throwing bottles at the cops. Yeah, oh, and I, they were throwing bottles at the cops. So yeah. In the in the most dystopian, random thing, actually, that I discovered also in my HD camera footage is right before he shoots this person with the less lethal, one of the Trump supporters chucks a water bottle at the cops. Yeah. And you can see it in the back of mm-hmm. the uh, video coming in. And I'm like, why are they not turning around and addressing that? So they did have, there was, there was a lot of cops that came, that were there right away. Um, so when they, I'm trying to see if we should tell how this happened. We moved away from the Wee Spot entrance and then we were at um, Coronado Wilshire and Wilshire. Coronado. Yeah, so yeah. this is like a block up, mm-hmm. block north, I would yeah. say. Is that north? That's north, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um... And then, so the cops were lined up on the intersection, and we were on the corner there. So then the uh, transphobic protesters, that we're calling them, <laughs> they came down from MacArthur Park towards the other side of the corner. So the cops were in between us, so if you can imagine it that way. Um, usually, all the cops look at us. I mean, that's just, 
at our the side. Right. Not, Usually like, they only look at the BLM and BLM side, yeah. and they mm-hmm. ignore the Trump side. I yeah. agree with you. Um, in the past, that has been something they do. Um, they started changing that, I think, after January 6th. Now you see them facing both sides. Yeah. Definitely they less. They should have been doing all along. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they definitely less cops towards the other side, but there was a line. Um, I don't know exactly, I can't tell you everything, you saw a water bottle being thrown, I don't know exactly what happened over there, but it was, I mean, there wasn't, there, they didn't declare an unlawful protest yet or anything, um, and there was pretty immediate police violence. I mean, I had yeah, saw it was immediate. right away, the right away. woman get rubber bulleted, yeah, and before that, they hit uh, street journal, journalist Vishal got batoned in the hand. That and they Jessica also Ray Rogers was shoved over pretty violently. Yeah, they they hit her. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I have video where uh, one of the protesters is asking the cop for his badge number after hitting her, and he's like, "Call the station. I'll give it to you later." Like he's doing everything to not give him the badge number. Yeah, I mean, I think they were just angry. Like, I think they just wanted to let loose. I think you're right. I mean, so he, they, here's the thing. So, you know, they get taunted all the time with these words. Like, they get called pigs. They get called terrorists. We hate you. Like, that stuff is constantly going on, right? Mm-hmm. Those are just words, though. And if you can't handle those words, you're in the wrong job, okay? And here's yeah. the second part of that is maybe there's a reason that these people are angry at the LAPD to begin with. That anger that that you're hearing directed at them verbally is coming from a place that's valid. Mm-hmm. And it would be better for the LAPD to try to understand that than do what they do. Because now they're just, es- it's like a hamster wheel of escalating problem- problematic violence. Nothing's getting solved there. But there doesn't seem to be any rational conversation on that. And I, I do believe... Um, in, in course of, of the things that I've covered the last year and a half, I do believe that a lot of the police officers are pro-Trump and that they're bringing that bias onto the skirmish line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. I think that there's, you know, it's something like um, on last Saturday, there's always like a few that you can tell that have their guns up pretty much the whole time. And like yeah. there's, you know, some that just shoot all the time and some that you know, don't shoot at all. Yeah, but it's usually the same group that yeah. are trigger happy. I'm, yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. You see the same, I see the same officers engaging in the same problematic behaviors. And on Saturday, in fact, there's an officer that I have, have gotten into multiple skirmishes with, including the night of Echo Park. He was there at the end. He looked down at me and he was giving me this glaringly angry look. And I'm like, I just look back. He's tall. I just look back up and I'm like, yeah, you don't intimidate me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like no, I mean, man. They really the, we still have the First Amendment in this in this country, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see. After that, that took about how how long were we at that intersection there? And again, it was pretty. They were it violent pretty, the whole time. Yeah, it happened yeah. pretty quickly. And then, well, you know what happened was is that so the the anti-trans group. I guess we're going with that. Right. They moved back moved. away and come back mm-hmm. around through the alley, which is like a half block in. Yeah. So the so they were allowed to meet. move around. Yeah, they were, but this was actually, I think, I think the the BLM Antifa side probably could have done the same and come back around on, on the alley. I don't know who decided to do that over there. But, yeah. But they did walk. I thought maybe they were leaving. Then I thought to myself, no, they're not leaving. And the next thing I know, they're they're in the alley trying to get by through the alley. So you see the cops running there to block them. Meanwhile, um, but they were like trying to come for they were the trying BLM to come. Antifa oh, they didn't side, mm-hmm. regardless of the police, and mm-hmm. they were they were trying to convince the cops to let them through it, and, yeah. and the entire time. So I actually followed. I think you went back to Weespa, so you mm-hmm. can tell me about your experiences on that side. I actually ended up following that whole anti-trans Trump group as they went from street to street to trying to get by. They kept they would to go the alley. back mm-hmm. from the alley, then they went down to Seventh Street and try to get by there. So I. I met each, you know, each time at the block. Um, I I had a good laugh at one point because you had Bass Spartan, who is um, right. he's most known for going up to Portland in a in a Trojan outfit, mm-hmm. which is why they call him Bass Spartan. But he's definitely a right wing agitator, been involved in a lot of white supremacy kind of stuff. So he was standing there, and, and somebody standing next to him, I'm not sure who it was, uh, starts saying to the police. Why do you always give Antifa and BLM everything they want? Why are you always coming out after us, not them? And I remember just looking at... And they all think that. They all think that, right? And I remember looking at... It might have been the gal from the Guardians, and we both just started busting up, like, what planet are you living on? They're over there, like, shooting less lethals at the other side and arresting them. I mean, what, one of you got arrested? They arrested over 30 of the other side. Like, this is just... Mm -hmm. This is just so not in the realm of reality. Oh, some of them call cops Antifa now. What? Yeah, Lucas, Lucas, and Angie just had a live. Are you kidding me? A few me? days ago, where they called the that's cops insane. Antifa. It that's, was actually, it was yeah, it was kind of. It that's was, insane. It was not very good. They were asking, telling people that we need to become, we need to get more people to become cops on our side because cops have become Antifa. That's just deranged. That's people, so, yeah. that is so far from reality. Mm-hmm. I can't even I mean, it. they are deranged, but. <laughs> I mean, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I was laughing at that because I couldn't believe it. And it was obvious to me that he was serious. And you could almost see the the cop literally looking at this guy like, dude, you got to be kidding me right now. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It was comedy, sheer comedy. Anyway, so they seemed to give up at that point and move on again. Um, they did make an arrest at that point. It turned out to be the Proud Boy um, Tyler. Tra- Tracy? Tracy, was, no, yeah. you're right. Proud Boy Tracy. Um, I think that he is from, not from Bakersfield, but someplace else. But I don't know what the circumstances surrounding that. I just saw him getting arrested. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened with that either. Well, I know after the fact um, that they did harass uh, Lewis from The Guardian. Luis, sorry, from mm-hmm. The Guardian. Um, so that might have been something to do with it. I'm not sure. But I did film him getting arrested. Uh, then we ended up coming back over to um, where the, the final showdown on Wilshire Boulevard happened. So in the course while I was dealing with these Trump folks over there, that had to have been a good 45 minutes. What was going on on your side? So they started to push back um, 
the counter protesters, you know, so they formed their skirmish line and then they were, you know, one, two, three, pushing ahead down Wilshire towards Wilshire and Rampart now where the Wee Spa's located. So, um, and there was, you know, the counter protesters were not necessarily moving with, you know, they were holding up themselves at the they line. They want to hold the line, yeah. yeah. So it took it took a little bit, and then eventually they did um, fall back. And there was one point, um, they had called a un- unlawful protest at that point, which was, and, you know, again, they actually, they were, they used, um, you could barely hear it. I, I didn't hear it at all, but I, you know, heard other people saying it was, but I think... It seemed like that was kind of purposely done. Oh, like, yeah, it was faint enough, so not everybody could heard. not. Okay. Yeah, that was, like, mm-hmm. the thing that people were saying, that you could not hear um, them on the speaker at all. Um, so then we were pushed We were pushed back and then even further past Wilshire. So now we're going towards Commonwealth mm-hmm. and Wilshire. And then at one point... Um, we were in pro, counter protesters start running, you know, so now they're running right. away. Right, okay, that's when I showed up again. And yeah. they start shooting, they start shooting less lethals at people While running. running away. And yeah. I'm pretty sure they hit a couple of cars. So, yeah, yeah. So they were, they ran down alongside the counter protesters, and I was running with that group. Um, and, you know, I was filming this. They were just stopping and shooting, like targeting people while they're running. Um, and then at one point, one of them fell over, tripped on themselves, and lost some things. That was kind of funny. One of the, one of the cops yeah. did? <laughs> I, I, I filmed, didn't see that. I filmed that, too. That's funny. That was kind of funny. And then, um, so yeah, that I, I don't know what their strategy was with that. I think at that point, they were trying to kettle us. No, yeah, they were definitely trying to kettle, mm-hmm. form a kettle. And what, so when I finally got there, what I was upset by is you now had protesters absolutely trying to disperse and leave. But when they were, tr- they had been pushed down towards Commonwealth, and there was another police line there, and the Commonwealth and at that street, and they, the cops wouldn't let them leave. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. forcing, they were now forcing them to stay, including me. Yeah. So I got caught up in that kettle. I was going to be arrested. There was no two ways. But that's about also it. not where the unlawful protest was declared. No, so I don't know where how was that, the unlawful. Was, uh, it was at Wilshire and Rampart. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how that works where you can build a kettle blocks well, away. Well, they're supposed to technically like, allow for a escape route for people yeah. who want to leave. They So, the, I, clearly they didn't do that. And I also wanted to mention at this point, I caught the, just luckily caught that got there in time, one of the police officers did aim his 40 millimeter uh, foam rounds case cannon at a protester and shoot it right in front of me. I have it on video. Mm-hmm. This is entirely against the injunction. Yeah. That is currently in place that BLM LA and the National Lawyers Guild got uh, the t- uh, temporary restraining order that they got put put in place. They're not allowed to do that. No, but so they this do. this is a violation of that. There is um, a section where it says they need to be um, threatened. They weren't threatened. But they like, weren't threatened. No, they weren't threatened <laughs> at all. They didn't aim it at the ground first. Mm. Um, they never aimed they it never at the ground They never aimed it at the ground. That's, mm-hmm. that's supposed to be the safety protocol. But, so I, you know, I, I filmed this, and I uh, was like, this is, and I said to the officer, I said, this is against protocol. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he kind of gave me a side eye. And then I tried to leave, and I, they weren't going to let me leave. I realized, okay, they're going to gonna handle me with everybody else right now. I'm going to get arrested. Awesome. Yeah. But, I mean, again, they were, people were leaving. You know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of counter-protesters there. I mean, the crowd did 
I mean, it probably yeah, dropped like 50%. This, exactly. I don't know why this group they were intent on. I think that they needed to make a statement and were just going to catch yeah, I, I think just it was, Yeah, I think it was a statement because you could tell that they were trying to go for a kettle before. Yeah. But, you know, people. Passed. I was too. Uh, I was too deeply ingrained and that I didn't notice it but you're right yeah. it was probably obvious at that point that that's I looked up late at that point and realized oh shit I'm gonna be kettled yeah and so then I went to leave I said yo I'm pressed I need to get out of here and the LAPD was like we don't care that you're pressed you're still here then I tried to leave again again not let in so I was in that final kettle section in the middle of the street there for quite some time yeah I was I got stuck in it too, but it kind of depends who you ask to let go. Oh, that's right. You were in the other side. You told me that after the fact. I didn't see yeah, you. Yeah, they let us out like, pretty quick. Yeah, okay. it was a good. It was probably about fifty people. And yeah, it was maybe a large more kettle. than fifty because it was a large I'm sure more than fifteen left and thirty eight got arrested. So probably more than fifty then initially. Well, yeah, because they also had the NLG legal observers yeah. in there, which I thought so was ludicrous. It's probably about. If 30 were arrested, probably about 60 in there initially then, right? Right. And then somebody said, you know, we're press, and that one of the cops just let us out. Like, oh, that no, was one no that problem. actually knows the state yeah. law. I think part of the problem was I had just filmed this guy shooting a less lethal, and I had told him it wasn't protocol. Yeah. So I probably, you know, that probably didn't get, uh, gain me any points, well, if which they is they knew fine. I was the one that shot the, right? that got that, they probably <laughs> wouldn't let me. Because the, uh, you know, the video was on, they used the video on the police commissioner meeting today. Your video or my video? Your video? Yeah. Oh, and wow. said, um, said that the girl was in the way. Of what? Okay, so they were targeting somebody behind her. Well, you know what? You don't shoot into a crowd. That's still on you, LAPD. Yeah. Said that is still... Said the girl, what are you doing? The girl must have walked into the That shot, is... No. That is which bullshit. Which is very, very obvious that that's not That is what such happened. a lie. That, so, wow. So, they... I can't believe they used that in they, their commission. Oh, and then afterwards, they asked her to come in for an interview. <laughs> yes. It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I didn't even watch the whole meeting, but yes, that, that part I did get to see, which is uh, Chief Moore. Well, okay, Moore. so we, we know there's going to be some lawsuits stemming from what happened on Saturday. Um, I did, I have communicated with both the NLG and ACLU on this. Because sure they kept you... NLG in the kettle for, and they were all marked, they all had their hats on for Absolutely. how long? At least 15 minutes, right? Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so um it's just remarkable that the LAPD can't seem to understand. I don't know. I, I, I go back to this thing where I think it's just innate biases because they know that what they're doing is going to end up getting them in trouble, and they do it anyway. And you're right. It's not all of them. Like, the guy that let you through, mm-hmm. he's like, no, she's pressed. This just doesn't make sense. Just let her out, right? Yet you have these other hard asses that are just angry and pissed off that they got called out on something. And they're just going to be aggro about it and do what they do. It's, I mean, these. so these are the folks. This is why I say that, it, you know, there's no bad apples in the bunch. The entire system is rotten in need of reform because, because did any of his fellow police officers stop this guy from doing that? No, they joined in with him and saying the same thing to me. It wasn't until a sergeant saw who came in and pulled me out of the kettle. Mm-hmm. He literally oh, came okay. in and pulled me out of the kettle because he knows. Mm-hmm. And was, like, apologetic about it. He was like, yeah, 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 well, I'm getting you out of here. And I was like, thank you? Like, <laughs> what the hell, though? Why am I even having that? He's like, and he said to me, he's like, there's too much going on today. I can't keep track of everything and all the madness and the chaos, and I'm sorry. And he's like, and then he turned around and ran back. So, you know, again, there are, there are individuals in, in this mess that see that, yet is it going to change the system? I don't think not. It needs to be completely... Yeah, I mean, nothing they do works. Nothing they do works. Like, you know, if they just stood, if they just stayed at that intersection with, um, 
And not the, fired anything. Not fired anything. Like, people would have eventually just gone home. That's right. There would have been like, no violence at all. That's, they always escalate stuff, and I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the day, we saw them walk over to... After telling the protesters they couldn't be in front of the spa because they needed that as their police area to protect whatever, and they ended up complying... They, they walked over to the other side of the court and started yeah. harassing them. What yeah. for? What was the point of that? Yeah, I I had no idea. That was because they said, yeah, we're holding this intersection for us. You guys can go. To the other side, which first they did. Your amendment, go protest over yeah. there, and then they came over and purposefully. Then they came over 10 minutes later purposefully yeah. and harassed them. The, the, mm-hmm. This was just a stupid move on the LAPD's part. So I, I was like, why are you guys doing this? The northwest corner. That area has been designated for you to safely protest and exercise your First Amendment right. I'm asking you for your cooperation, please. I will give you a few minutes to start walking to the northwest corner. Please cooperate with this order. It's either the last time they just stood out of the way and watched all the fights go down. Yeah. And then um, this time they were the reason... Anyone got hurt, yeah. (laughs) Like, if the LAPD had showed up and kept everybody separated and just Mm -hmm. had done that, it would have been a much better day. Mm -hmm. Like, they wouldn't have to run, no one would have to trip on themselves. (laughs) (laughs) One of them filmed the police LA, had a video where the one they're running down, and one cop just gets tired and starts. Walking, he like slows down and starts walking, and they all go ahead. So it's like, yeah, you don't have to deal with any of that if you just (laughs) and no taxpayer funded lawsuits. Come on, guys! Like, so you know, uh, it was a wild day. There was a lot of stuff that I think we're um, just starting to see. I know I haven't been able to go through deeply some of the uh, footage that I that I shot of the um, anti-trans agitators. I know that there are more probably folks in there that we would recognize yeah it'd be good to know whoever's there i know um the, the roof korean because oh that's, that's right. how we did not the talk about with. okay so but this is a pretty wild this is a wild story, story. Mm-hmm. let's i feel like we need to go back to 1992 and the rodney yeah. king um riots and that decision the court decision that came out that started out in order to understand why he had this t-shirt on so what a roof crane is yeah. what a roof crane is right so um you know 1992 was a very believe it or not much worse than now as far we had Dar- as far as the LAPD is concerned we had Daryl Gates who was uh running the show who was right. incredibly incredibly racist and publicly racist mm-hmm. like it's it's insane if you go if you go and you um do an internet search on <clears throat> Daryl Gates you oh, will yeah, see some of the most appalling horrible things, horrible things mm-hmm. right so that was the culture in the LAPD was even worse than it was now I think um we didn't we didn't see it all the time because we don't have phone cameras mm-hmm. and the only reason this became a thing was because somebody luckily had one of these old school just come out technology uh video cameras, video cameras. and saw this going on, on on foothill boulevard and decided to shoot it from his apartment mm-hmm. otherwise they would have this would have been another beating that the lapd got away would with just gone mm-hmm. so uh but to get to the roof korean part so as the riots broke out the lapd lapd this decided the to rodney do, king Beating. Yeah, so yeah. Rodney King, the cops that beat him were set free in Simi Valley, mm-hmm. which is a suburb in Ventura, mm-hmm. and uh, so riots broke out because obviously this is ridiculous that these cops were were not punished at all. I, but what's what was amazing about the whole thing is that as things started to worsen, the LAPD did nothing. Mm-hmm. They literally they left. did mm-hmm. nothing. Gates was in a fundraiser that night. Mm-hmm. 
And the rest of the LAPD stayed hobbled up in their damn mini stations, and they never policed any of this. They yeah, just they let it happen. Mm-hmm. So as violence was spreading through the city, um, and as looting intensified, and the anger, I mean, the anger of something, I mean, you could just see it just bubbling out. Like, people were like, I've had enough, right? I mean, that's, that's how these things happen, right? You keep something suppressed emotionally for so long, and it's justified anger, and then all of a sudden there's a spark that just sets that fire off. So mm-hmm. this, was, this was that. And so it's a population, not just one individual. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, but there was a group of Korean businesses that had gone into South Central LA and set up, you know, stores and what have you. And there had already been some uh, racist uh, problems between the Koreans right. and mm-hmm. the black folks that lived there. Because, for example, uh, a Korean shop owner shot a, a young black a young teenage black girl and got away with it. And got away with it. Mm-hmm. She was at the sentencing. The judge decided to set her free, even though it was clearly murder. Mm-hmm. So this is the context of what this was going on, and that had just been a, a few weeks before. Mm-hmm. So this that there was already this underlying anger in the community. So now what happened was a group of these Koreans, instead of since the LAPD wasn't going to do anything, obviously, and they were going to just let you know this happen. The they got on top of the roofs of their businesses uh, with assault rifles mm-hmm. and were, like, basically taking justice into their own hands. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel that this Roof Korean t-shirt in the context of today of 2021 is incredibly, incredibly instigating and racist. Yes. Like, nobody. Yes. You don't wear that shirt at no. a no, it's appalling. Without, it's absolutely appalling. Without making a statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I was really, like... Shocked, but he tried to act stupid too because he was asked right away about his shirt, and he's like, "What? What do you mean? What do you mean, roof Korean? What are you talking about?" <laughs> and that's his Twitter handle. Yeah, he I knows think he, he just thought everyone was idiots or something. I don't Apparently know. Apparently, <laughs> he thought nobody was here in, in 1992, right? Yeah. So I I found that to be a really appalling moment because this was a guy that was clearly coming in there. With a race, racist message emblazoned across his T-shirt, mm-hmm. ready to fight, and he ended up hitting um, one of the BLM activists with the water bottle. Yeah, and like pretty hard, hard, pretty hard. And um, I think something happened prior to the video. He had done something to her, so she came up and just you know like like it was like a kick, but it was very subtle. And she's like this little tiny, she's a little tiny, yeah. Thing, yeah. And he literally beat her with a water bottle, so you could see the dents in the water bottle. You know, she was, like, running back as it was happening, yeah. so it wasn't like she was on the ground or anything. But um, it was really bad, especially yeah. just to see this happen to a, you know, petite woman. Like, it was just, it was really disturbing. hard to watch. Yeah, disturbing. And um, he got pretty famous off that. He... People loved it. <laughs> that video yeah, racist was gonna really racist. viral. Yeah, <laughs> really viral. Was on the Reddit public freakout number one, and um, people just loved that. You know, I mean, his crew at least, and um, he ended up. So he ended up um, the person who took the video, um, Desert Border, and that was the board. That was the video that went. <laughs> on public freak out and just really viral on Twitter. Um, he doxed Desert Border and then um, that's anyway, that's circling back to Brina Macaucow, that's how Brina got the name. So she didn't even actually Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. But um 
But yeah, so that was he. We didn't see him last Saturday's um, July seventeenth, no, but um, I do believe was, I saw the stabby guy in the crowd again with the same um, gear. Yeah. And the rosary bead guy was there, too. The rosary bead guy was definitely there. We saw him, too. And the rosary bead guy and the roof crane guy took a picture after. So they apparently met up. They figured out who each other was um, through videos that, I guess, were taken from July 3rd. Um, I believe, I can't say for sure, but I believe WYSIWYG introduced them. And just for people that don't know who that is, he is a a right-wing streamer, live streamer. Yeah, WYSIWYG TV. Um, what you see is what you get, W-Y-S-I-W-Y-G or something. Yeah, he's, um, I don't, I've never watched his stuff, and the only reason I know he's a right-wing, yeah, I, I think he tries to be a journalist, but he literally called me Antifa press once, and I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's harassed <laughs> me a bunch. He actually, um, there was, he, we didn't mention that, actually, he got in a scuffle with counter-protesters on July 3rd. And afterwards, he came up to my camera and pointed at me and blamed the attack on me and said it was my fault that he... um, Except, okay, but then he also, I did see a video that he posted where he said it worked, look, I was able to bait them, so obviously he was looking for likes. Yeah, he likes to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no journalist goes out into the world and tries to bait somebody. That's Mm-mm. just not what... I mean, I, really, I don't know what you'd consider him. <laughs> I would not. But. I'm saying he considers himself press. I've seen him yeah. say it more than once. So, um, But yeah, so, so those... I think there's a difference. I think the point being there's a difference between somebody that is a media personality and somebody that's actually trying to do journalism, right? Tommy, Thomas Morales is not a journalist. No, because he's... He's a rising media person. Yeah, he, he's he, so like inaccurate. Andy, know... They, they intentionally post inaccurate mm-hmm. stories. They steal other people's videos. Uh, Tommy actually yeah, shoots Leo a lot of had own. trouble captioning. He took a bunch of my videos, but he had trouble captioning them because it was like, it was so obvious that it was the right. cops being violent. So he literally had violent Antifa, um, girl gets rubber bulleted. So it's like, Okay, you couldn't even really spin the narrative. Dude. Exactly. It's like, dude, like she wasn't even violent. Like, I mean, she was just standing yeah. He definitely there. had trouble. And you with literally them. see her put her hand up. Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, I didn't in the moment when we shot, shot that. It wasn't until later that I got the whiting. I was yeah, like, she oh puts my God, her you hand see up. her hand up. Mm-hmm. And you see him just mm-hmm. like it's like, what the hell, man? Mm-hmm. What are you, that? What are you, those things are so dangerous because these less than lethals are still lethal, and we've seen time and time again people lose eyes. Um, there was a guy that I interviewed that was shot with a rubber bullet on May 30th of last year who ended up in oh, the ICU with really, a brain bleed. They can really hurt people, yeah. yeah they should not be A couple people lost their eyes last year. That's right, including mm-hmm. a press member. Mm-hmm. Right, Linda Torito, right? That's right. So where do you... Do you let me ask you this um, before we close out. I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on whether you think they are going to have any prosecutions come out of... That first day, whether the guy with the lead pipe, Aaron Simmons with the lead no. pipe, the stabby guy. No, I don't think so. I think the cops will get in trouble for last Saturday because ACLU oh, already has the story. Um, they have no chance getting out of that. But um, no, I don't think anybody will get prosecuted. I've seen this happen so much. Like last year at the Beverly Hills Freedom Rally, like they got really violent and they happened every Saturday. Um, there was occasionally arrests, but... They never, like, investigated something, you know? I was... Right, I understand Like, after the fact, they never But this is what bothers me, and I had said something to one of the officers that day. I'm like, are you going to investigate the guy that stabbed someone 
and the guy that hit somebody else with a lead pipe. And his response to me was like, well, do you have, I said, I know who the lead pipe guy was. Yeah. He even posted body cam footage admitting the crime. It's gift Oh, you asked, you asked him that. I did. Because I was curious. And he said, he said, well, can you give it to me? I'm like, it's open on my Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no excuses for this. I want... Sometimes they'll act interested if you ask them. Like, if, you know, you ask them face-to-face. But it's they, not yeah. that person that's doing it. It's the... Detectives, right? Yeah. And, it, you know... The, and when I saw a guy with a handgun in Tahunga, I emailed the detective and I sent him the video just to see for comment before I released it. And I said, you know, here's a guy brandishing a handgun behind your police line. Nobody's looking. He was told the guy had a gun. None of your cops turned around to look at the guy mm-hmm. with a gun. Comment. Are you guys doing anything about this? The guys, you know, I got no response, obviously. That's usually the case. But it's just amazing to me that here you have a police force that, that you know, they say they're there to investigate serious crime, but they don't. They, the close rate on serious crime is really piss poor. And instead, they're taking 54% of the city budget, and they're doing this other stuff with it. Mm-hmm. And, and then we end up paying out more money in taxpayer lawsuits. Uh, taxpayers for are more lawsuits fuck-ups. for their fuck-ups. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, the money set aside for their fuck-ups is pretty... It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, but, no, I can't think of... I can't even think of a time that a situation was investigated after the fact. I can't either. I, I, th- I was hoping that, that perhaps this time we might see a change, but I don't think there was a stabbing. Right. Yeah, because there was a stabbing. Somebody literally was stabbed. That is attempted murder. And mm-hmm. to have the also sheriff's was, department show up and yeah. try to... Uh, See that Blame this guy that was inside, right, right, yeah. her, That is absolutely mm-hmm. the most asinine thing I've ever heard. It's appalling on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, if you see the video too, he's quite reckless. It's not like he's watching where he's stabbing. No, he's just wildly considering stabbing. He stabbed and also now, buddies. you know, after the fact that we knew that this happened, right? I did. I wasn't noticing. I went back and went through some of the footage, and you see the guy carrying a knife down the yeah. street. Yeah, he like you see out. all the mm-hmm. footage. I'm like, wow, he had. He, it's out. He's holding it. The knife is out. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no excuses for this. Anyway, I mean, I think generally speaking, in their eyes, we are or not. We I'm sorry. BLM and Antifa are the uh, violent. No, that's absolutely outside. definitely the case. So. There's no two ways about it. There's a bias within mm-hmm. the police force. Uh, you know, we've seen it recently with Joe Biden saying, putting on the domestic terrorist list, anyone that criticizes capitalism. Yeah. In addition to, you know, Biden adding Antifa and people that criticize capitalism to his domestic terrorist list, we saw at Echo Park, one of the LAPD officers was holding a piece of paper that said Antifa on it. We had instances uh, after the Berlindo Nebo hate crime oh, yeah. in downtown where the LAPD was absolutely trying to insist that it was Antifa instigators dressed up like Trump people that had done it. Like, yeah. they are so yeah. in denial. Mm-hmm. They are so in denial about what reality is. It's, it's just shocking to me. Like, I look at them and I just shake my head. Like, you can't, you can't believe what's in front of your eyes? No, my friends. These are your right-wing friends. These are your Trump people. These are... Except that the Trump people now think they're Antifa. Which is super <laughs> hilarious to me. Yeah, I just... Because of course, it's just they were comedy. expecting them, you know, they are expecting them to... To join them. with them right. the way they, to join them. Want, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we saw this at, at the Capitol. They really expect the police to be like, yeah, you're our people. Let's take up arms against everybody else and let's make the United States a fascist police state. Like, it's wild. I mean, look, the United States is fascist police enough as it is. Like, without mm-hmm. that extra layer of that happening... Thank God that they haven't joined forces with these nuts. Otherwise, we'd be in 
you know, we'd be having battles, in the, literal battles in the street. But um, it's just crazy to me that in 2021, that's the conversation. So what are your parting words? No pressure. Um, <laughs> pressure is on. <laughs> Um, well, I'm curious as if there's going to be another Wii Spot protest. I have a feeling that they would, I have a feeling that they would do it again. And I know I could say for sure that this is going to be not, maybe not a trend, not the best word, but like, I think that this is something they're going to start doing everywhere, you yeah. know, the, um, cause considering the video was made up, they can now do this. Right.